Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. Everybody. This is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at thepopbreak.com, and we are here for um, the way too early Oscar podcast, uh, the post-Oscars 2022 episode, um, a, a time of deep chaos in the film industry. Uh, I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Matt Taylor. Say hello, Matt. Hi, everybody. We asked for chaos, and we got it in a way we didn't expect, to be honest. <laughs> Truly. Um, and we have two guests with us this time. We had a tie for the uh, Oscar pool at the site. We have uh, DJ Chapman. Say hello, DJ. Hello. And uh, Tommy. Uh, Tommy, I don't know if you're your last name, I don't think, actually. <laughs> Just Tracy. I'm a, I got a boring Irish last name, but hello. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think inevitably the first thing we have to talk about is uh, the Will Smith um, situation with Chris Rock. Um for those who, uh, I don't know, maybe stepped away to grab a water or something when it happened. Um, basically, uh, Chris Rock made a joke about um, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's, Will Smith's wife, um, uh, starring in a, um, a remake or a sequel to G.I. Jane because she has um, an autoimmune disease that has made her have to shave her head um, and... Will Smith got up on stage and slapped Chris Rock. And then on the American feed, we um, had a like a 30 second long silence of bleeping. Um, but in some other countries, you could hear them, uh, Chris and, and Will Smith uh, screaming at each other for a bit. Um, uh, I think I'm gonna go to our guests first, um, since people who listen to this podcast have heard Matt and I talk 600 times. Um, uh, Tommy, what did you think about uh, that moment? Were you shocked? Were you watching? I, I sort of looked away when the slap happened, and then I was like, oh, did he just hit Chris Rock? That was that was wild. I uh, was looking at, like, my predictions for a minute, like, what am, you know, what's my score yeah. at kind of now? And then I heard the joke, looked up, was like, oh, that's kind of funny, but also in poor taste. And then I looked up again, and Will Smith was running on the stage, and my wife was looking at her phone. I was like, I think you might want to watch this because – this doesn't look at first. I thought it was a joke. And then I didn't think it was a joke after the mm. third second pause. So uh, pretty wild. It's good. Good entertainment, I guess, even though it was in poor taste. Yeah, a rough moment. Uh, DJ, what, what about you? Were you looking at the screen? Yeah, it, it was very surreal for me. So um, for those who don't know, I um, I host a little podcast on the Pop Break a feed called Roses and Rejections, where we cover like The Bachelor and reality television. And I'm like, wow, what a great moment for me to be able to come on the <laughs> Pop Break Movie Podcast and talk about like the most reality television moment on a on a award show about movies. It's crazy to me that this happened. And like my my reptile brain first went to, well, this must have been scripted. There's no yeah. way that this would have just been real and could happen but the academy couldn't think of something like that interesting to do so of course this was real but i was just staring at the screen my wife and i just my mouth was open for a minute because i could not believe what i had just seen i i think it must be one of the craziest award show moments in like award show history and that might seem really myopic but 
even when I think of things like Moonlight and La La Land yeah. and the Chadwick Boseman thing last year, this just seems to dwarf all of those moments. Well, there's a certain level of um, like control that you expect with the Oscars, which right. th this year was sort of about breaking. So like, you know, I've been joking for a while that they're just turning it into the MTV Movie Awards. And that felt like an MTV Movie <laughs> Award moment. Do you know what I mean? It really but did. Like, it really did. Yeah, I mean, also loved that you plug your podcast because I, I, I am a longtime no Bachelor fan. I've read okay. many scholarly works on the the Bachelor franchise. I'm not joking. Like many books, nice. <laughs> many nonfiction books about it. So I, I love your podcast. Um, Matt, why don't you, you and I were texting about it. So I kind of know your thoughts, but, you know, why don't you tell people, I mean, you, you sort of thought it was a, it might have been scripted at first as well. Well, so my feed had like a one minute delay from I think the cable feed and my mom texted me and was like wait did he just hit him and it was like the scene in Scream where Gail and her cameraman are in the van and they realize it's a delay and they're waiting to see where Ghostface is because I was just like wait who's gonna get hit and then oh I just I could not believe it like and then for a minute I was like is this yeah like, I was like maybe this is a bit that is just falling flat because uh most of the bits i thought fell flat during mm -hmm. this um ceremony and i was like well this is just like the worst bit they've had so far but then when they cut to will screaming at him and it was censored i was like oh no like this is very 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 real and it sort of just sums up the chaos of the night and how it was like you know in trying so hard to break the mold for what the Oscars are and appeal to new voters. I think the whole show just kind of fell flat in this way of like, you know, it was too overproduced and then something happened that none of them could have predicted and it led to just out and out chaos, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you make a really good point there. It did feel really overproduced. There was a lot after, I mean, I, I was watching it thinking like, am I tired or can I not follow the plot on this whole show? I just felt, it felt so spliced together because it is but it also just felt over edited in a weird way like just constantly things were constantly happening and I didn't care about any of them except for when in a when a speech happened and I was like oh cool like a human being I can connect to wonderful and not like a clip countdown of the fan favorite Oscar which is as everybody knows now my favorite um category because it is pure chaos um but yeah I don't know it felt like a weird um gig uh for all of the presenters and hosts um i sort of felt that the host the hosts were barely in it i kept forgetting they were there um and you're right you i mean we talked about the opening you know not monologue there were three people um but it was oddly none of the jokes worked and the audience seemed ready to boo at all times in a weird way um it just felt like an uncomfortable podcast it did you guys feel that way? Um, I'll throw to I'll throw to DJ first this time. Yeah, I I think it's hard to do the multi-host thing. I think I get why they did it, and I think they probably galaxy brained themselves too much. I I thought Amy Schumer's solo monologue was pretty good. I like Amy Schumer's comedy in general. Um, so I personally liked her solo monologue. I thought it was pretty good. But I um to all your points about the overproduction, I, I think it's so on point. I, I don't know what they need to do if they just have to put this in the hands of so like my my joke answer is to like just give it to the uh like you know, most 
person with the most views on TikTok and give it to them. Oh. But actually, I want them to like reanimate Stanley Kubrick and like give it to him because <laughs> I just think they're probably like way too many cooks in the kitchen with how they're making these telecasts, and they they need to write the ship in some way. Man, you, we I thought we loved chaos. You you love chaos. Um, I love chaos. So I'm reality TV fans. So yeah, what right. Can I you say? love The Bachelor, so of course you do. Yeah. Um, or the <laughs> the Bachelor franchise. I don't want to discount The Bachelorette. Of course. Um, uh, Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, uh, Matt and I talked about this a little bit, but there was a sort of like desperate appeal to younger audiences in a bunch of ways. The TikTok Mm -hmm. thing would be really funny. But like if it was just like Brittany Broski was the host and like, uh, (laughs) no, that's too much. But like um, like the like a K-pop band, you know, talking about a film or um, younger stars mixed with older stars in a way that felt a little bizarre. Like, what a fascinating thing to put Jacob Ellardy on that on that stage. Who's, or Sean Mendez and Tracy Ellis Ross. Like, what was yeah. what was the math there? Like, truly, like, they took a tombola and put a bunch of like you know, like balls and like ping pong balls in it with names of its celebrities on it, and that's how they did the presenting cares. What a wild thing. Um, uh, Tommy, did you feel as like um, I don't know, uncomfortable as we might have about like the desperation to a- appeal to the core, like at once appeal to the core audience of people who like were happy to see Liza Minnelli or like have a tribute to um, a, a beloved film or whatever. And then also oh, like, I, here, so here's some things, things for the kids. Yeah, I mean, I like the White Man Can't Jump reunion, even though mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson were loaded on something. <laughs> uh, and you know it's cool to see uh, what was in the briefcase from Pulp Fiction, even though it was just a joke and it was the best actor card. Those things were like cheeky and funny. Um, mm. But the, the point about the hosts, I just three hosts is too many. Two hosts is too many. I like a one host. If you're gonna go with a host, go with one. So if it was just Amy Schumer, just Wanda Sykes, just Regina Hall, um, whichever one would have been fine. It's when three are together, you kind of kind of pick and choose each person's moment and whatnot but uh i do like the point you made about the chaos of the fan favorite vote because that was just the way of the public trolling the oscars and it angered me because i hated army of the dead and i think it is one of the worst movies of last year or even 2020 whenever it came out and i can't even remember and it won the fan poll because people were just like we're gonna f with the oscars and they did and it was it was funny and disappointing to see something like that win at the exact same time. Yeah, we talked about it in our because we uh, do individual category episodes um, uh, of all the nominees up to up to then, and we I basically forced Matt to please let me talk about the fan <laughs> favorites so I could just talk about actresses I'm obsessed with uh, last year, and uh, it it does feel like those nominees and especially those win the five winners or whatever the five the top five are reflections of the darkest parts of the internet each one is like uh, a fandom that's very intense or what some that are toxic or just really like camilla cabello for whatever reason <laughs> so like <laughs> it's just an odd mix is there is uh, is there a bit that worked for you tommy I'll, i'm gonna throw it back to you over the, like throughout the night either the hosts uh, a single host besides like schumer's um monologue or any bit at all, realistically, from the presenters that really, really worked for you, that was like your favorite thing of the, of the night at all? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I got a, a lot of good chuckles out of Regina thirsting after all the single men 
Um, that was pretty funny, especially because she picked a wide variety of guys from like Tyler Perry to Timothy Chalamet to Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper. And then she was trying to get with Will Smith because of the whole thing with, with Jada um, and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I thought that was pretty funny. It went on a little too long. Um, and then she, you know, felt up Jason Momoa, which I'm pretty sure is a lot of people's uh, dream. But <laughs> that one got me. The other ones I chuckled here and there. Nothing like too laugh out loud funny, except for maybe Amy Schumer and Mission, Mission Impossibling in the Spider-Man suit. That got a laugh out of me just because I'm like, that looks really dangerous and it could go wrong very quickly. Um, I wonder how they got her down. I would love to see that. I'm sure there was some extended somebody in the audience must have filmed that. There's been a lot of videos coming out of like people filming stuff in the in the audience. Um Matt, uh I mean, do you is there how do we feel about our beloved um well not beloved, we both hated it, Cinderella losing fan, fan favorite because we were both hoping it would win. I mean, for, first of all, with Spider-Man, the movie that they invented this category to reward came in fourth I was like oh my god what's going to happen (laughs) like it just it was I would have I would have loved it if Cinderella won just because it would have been like maybe the worst reviewed movie of 2021 (laughs) taking home this um quote-unquote award but like honestly Army of the Dead winning is even funnier to me because like no one remembers that movie like that is a movie that just like unless you are a hardcore fan of Zack Snyder, you are not thinking about it. And, like, honestly, I don't think the people who voted for it watched the Oscars. Like, if they did for that one moment, that was relegated to, like, in between... A montage. Break space. So, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, I would be disappointed if I was a Zack Snyder fan, I assume. Um, so it just, it was, you know... All I will say is, I, I briefly thought... Is Malignant going to be number one? And oh. that was a lovely 30 seconds when I wondered about that. <laughs> I would only have we lived in that one. To win that award. That would have been incredible. Yeah. Oh, I would have We're... lost my mind. You'd have to play Where Is My Mind, like in the movie. <laughs> I would have lost my mind. <laughs> Not the original, though. That remix that they play in the, in the movie. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we should talk about the actual Best Picture winner, which is allegedly the point of this night. But, you know, I mean, it almost got lost in all of the, the sauce there. Um, lovely presentation by uh, Liza Minnelli and Lady Gaga. Um, a sort of, for me, one of the few moments where it's like you take Oscar history and also um, someone newer who appeals to a, a younger set, maybe not the like a Gen Z set necessarily, but a younger set. And like combine them in a way that felt um, like it matched the the gravity of the night. Um, uh, I'm assuming everyone on the podcast has seen Coda, right? Yes. yes. Okay, good. Um, uh, Tommy, thoughts on Coda winning? That was my second favorite movie of last year, and it only oh. got beat out by Bo Burnham's Inside, which isn't technically a movie. So take that for what it's worth. No, that's a movie. We count that. I I believe in a wide definition of the movie, the word movie right. at the at the site here. Uh, I was so happy it won. It I I cheered. I was like, it's either gonna be this or Power of the Dog. Both are great, but I prefer Coda. I was happy that Troy Kotzer won Best Supporting Actor. I was happy it won the screenplay. I was happy it won the things it was up for because it really is just a fantastic film from beginning to end. And I don't cry very easily in movies. Uh, this one got me at the end of it. Yeah, the last act is is Sob City, and it it won all three awards it was nominated for. So that's I mean that's huge. Um, 
DJ, what are your thoughts on CODA? Did you vote for it um, just because of, you know, the prognosticating of it all you wanted to to win? Or are you as big a fan as as, as Tommy is? So, so I, I am a, a huge fan. So I, I will admit my, my ballot in general was uh, much prognosticating. Uh, I, I will say in, in most things that if you want to know what's going to happen, just go with Vegas. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Vegas did super well tonight. Um, hey, that's where I, I live. So there you go. I, <laughs> there you go, right? Um I, I do think not to get like two inside baseball. I do think Power of the Dog like technically had better odds, but I, I wanted Coda mm. to win. That's not true. I wanted Dune to win, but I digress. Um, yeah. I, I, I wanted Coda to win just because um, I also Stop City, me and my wife um, uh, both loved it. My um, my wife's stepfather is actually deaf. Um, so oh, wow. like watching it, I was just like, just going insane. Um, and uh, it, it was just, it, it, what I was worried about I was worried about it was going to be a was 2006 or seven where it was going to be like a little miss sunshine departed moment where all oh, those sunshine, this like awesome movie that everyone loved, but it's got to go to the departed because it's the departed. And I thought power of the dog was going to be that. And I wouldn't be mad because I really enjoyed power of the dog, but I feel like Coda winning, like not only for like the movie being good, but like symbolically for such a weird night of the oscars is like the nightcap we needed to all go to bed not insane like we kind of needed coda to <laughs> <I> win <laughs> yeah I, I i my thought on it was like you know what a nice movie to win at the end of the night because i just felt like at the, as if at, at the end i had just seen the end of that movie over again i was like i feel like i have permission to cry now because i feel like i i needed a good cry or something after that that the stress of the the like last hour or so because the vibes were really wild after oh yeah after the the slap and then you know will smith's speech sort of extended it in this and you know i almost felt bad for him because this is a career oscar um and he does deserve it he's a movie star but it's uh you know he has to sort of address it in his speech now like what yeah. happened and you could tell he was really upset about what he his his own behavior and also like embarrassed about it and apologetic and also just knowing that it was it was going to create a fervor which it will I'm sure people will be you know dissecting it in both in many ways for the next couple of days so it's it was a wild moment and it was like thank goodness something something simple happened where it was just like cool a nice movie won because it's a nice movie and all these nice people get to come up on stage and like talk about it wonderful you know how, how, what a good moment to end it on um uh i will say the speeches from all the coda cast were uh or well the, like everybody involved in coda were were really lovely um matt you and i sort of exchanged like um uh thoughts about like the troy kotzer um win and how lovely it was to see former winner <laughs> from from minari like stare lovingly at him the whole time it was just like a great moment for the oscars that like one of the, again something unscripted that they never planned um do you have a like a a favorite speech that stood out for you matt oh yeah um it was early in the night which <laughs> like you know it went downhill from here but uh ariana debose's speech when she won best supporting actress was so lovely and um mm. Uh, first of all, just like a very deserving win, I thought. Like I was so thrilled to see her get the award, and um, she looked incredible. Uh, and then, um, you know, I'm so used to like hollow um, activism in a lot of Oscars. I mean, it's what the Oscars are made fun of for a lot. Like 
the hollow activism of some celebrities and everything like that. But, um, you know, it's been a pretty hard couple of months for queer people in America. And um, for Ariana DeBose to speak as a queer person talking about, you know, what's going on right now in the country, I just thought it, it like it fully landed as an emotional moment. And um, I, I, was, I thought it was just a great speech. And I, honestly, I thought like uh, the speeches from Troy Kotzer and um, Jessica Chastain, who also did a bit of activism in her speech, um, they, they were all three were great speeches. Um, but Ariana DeBose, I thought, was like one of my favorite speeches in recent memory, to be honest. Yeah. Tommy, how about you? Favorite speeches or even a favorite moment? You know, if you liked a performance or something the most. I uh, was a big fan of the Troy Kotzer speech. Just thought that was, I mean, if you had a dry eye, then you just weren't paying attention to it. Amanda uh, <laughs> Bose was great. I think Jessica Chaz, all the actor, like the mm. actor, actress speeches I thought were great. Um, I didn't, I mean, I, I like the speeches. I'm one of those weirdos that's like, I want to hear everyone talk as much as they can because they deserve to win them. So I don't mind ever hearing the speeches. Um, but I think Troy Kotzer has to be just the one that, if you if you say you didn't cry, I think you're lying because uh, it was just very heartfelt. He He's won so many awards up to this. And when they announced him as the winner and he saw that he was winning, he still looked unbelieving that he yeah. was winning an Oscar for this role. And it's just, I was just in LA the other day and there was one of the skyscrapers that had the picture of him doing the, I love you sign, like, you know, up for best supporting actor. And I was just like, God, I hope he, I hope he takes it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a wonderful moment. Um, DJ, how about you? Um, so yeah, lo- love the tree. Um, uh, concert, concert speech. Um, I will say, like, as a moment that I don't know if it's my favorite, just I found like interesting in, in terms mm. of how just again, this show felt way overproduced, even <sighs> though it wasn't nominated for best song. The like producers felt they had to play the promo <sighs> song, like, yeah. they couldn't escape it. Um, <laughs> we I, have to I actually, talk about Bruno, we do, it, we, we, have, we always have to talk, have to talk about, about Bruno. Bruno. Sorry. Um, I don't have kids, but I understand if you do have kids, like all you do is not or do talk about Bruno. Um, <laughs> I I saw an interesting tweet from Nathaniel Rakich, who writes for 538 about this. So apparently you had to put in the um, nominations for best song by November 1st. And when Disney was submitting for Encanto, they picked the, the I don't want to, those. Um, those origuitas. Thank you so much for saving me. Um, so they, they submitted that and um, presumably they didn't realize that Bruno would catch fire and be like the number one song in America. Um, so they just went with the song that they thought would be the most heartfelt they would win. But um, man, it's just like, I have to wonder the universe where if they do submit Bruno, if that wins instead of Billie Eilish and No Time to Die, uh, which dovetails to, um, I really like the Billie Eilish speech. So that was my long road to me to get to me saying, I really enjoyed the Billie Eilish speech. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate catch, you. Gotta say, my wife and I are seeing her next week and I'm like, you get to see an Oscar winner in her concert. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty exciting. I'm sure she's going to be great. Because, yeah, her speech was really lovely. And I, I think I'm sure that the Bruno would have won um, if yeah. it had been nominated. If you look at all of those um, anonymous Oscar voter things, a, a couple of them mentioned that. Um, like, I don't know why they didn't put the other one in. I'll, I'll vote for the, the one from Encanto just because or whatever, because I'm really <laughs> voting for Bruno. Lindner um, Wells got some work to do to get his EGOT next year. Yeah. They're making him work for real hard. And you know what? Good, because it's you, not everybody can just get an EGOT. Um, yeah, I, I think the, Matt and I were sort of talking about the, um, 
the the performance of Bruno as being a little cringe um, mm-hmm. when it yeah. first started. Matt, do you want to talk about uh, our reactions to that or your reactions to that? Yeah, it was like, you know, I like the song quite a bit. It was like the the main standout from Encanto for me when I watched it. And um, because as listeners know, Marissa and I canonically do not have kids and avoid kids. Yeah. So watching the animated <laughs> films are always a weird experience for me. But, um, but uh, yeah, when the performance started, I was like, everyone's just going real theater kid with it and like getting way too, you know, holding every note a little too long. It was feeling just like, more like a victory lap than an actual performance. Um, but then Megan Thee Stallion came out, and my oh my and gosh, I, yeah, my Ooh. boyfriend and I were like, oh wait, never mind, this is great. <laughs> like we were like, <laughs> good, this is fine because we both love her so much. And um, but again, a, an ongoing problem throughout the night during the musical performances, no one's mics were on enough. So when it went back to the cast, like the singing was so drowned out by the music, Ooh. and it was like, I was like, this is such a weird a weird performance honestly but um i'll listen to the megan remix i hope it's on spotify if it's not already like that, <laughs> if they're smart a, they'll put it there yeah. yeah that was a very nice surprise that was a very nice surprise <laughs> i screamed as because i was like I, i'm gonna have to leave the room if this they keep doing this at a 15 like this and then th- thankfully she, she showed up and i was like oh good i can sit down and not have to like shake with the horror of this <laughs> um yeah, it, it what the sound tonight was really off. I mean, um, you know, there's always those uh there's a category for like best live um event type thing uh at the Emmys and I kept thinking like this Oscar ceremony's not winning it cuz the, the sound <laughs> felt off the entire night. Like Reba sounded bad, maybe mm-hmm. like uh, like the mix was off but also she didn't sound very good. The only two performances that really worked um, were Beyonce starting off the whole show, which was really fun. And then um, Billie Eilish, who's just like, has a really great trained voice so she can just sort of pull off whatever needs to be done, even if there's a shitty mic around. But well, yeah, the sound, Because you couldn't hear her brother at all. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's true. Oh, right. He would have been singing. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> he was like there. I was like, oh, I guess he's just playing piano, but you're right. He probably was singing. Um, but yeah, like even, even not the non-musical performances felt really, um, the sound was bad. Like there was that part where, um, Travis Barker was just slamming the drums real hard over Wanda Sykes talking. And I'm like, I mean, we can compliment the band, but it would be nice to hear anyone speaking at any given moment. There was a lot of just like mixed sound moments where mics weren't getting turned off at the right time. It was a mess. I kept thinking like, is the sound team on this show, you know, taking it out on the producers for for putting the sound category in the pre-show? Like it felt it felt like a vendetta. And you know what? Good for them if it was. Um, but I will say, yeah, there's a lot of like little chaotic moments that I I certainly that I think stand out to me the most. The one that got to me the most was there was that after Troy Kotzer won, there was that pre-tape of Chris Evans being like, Congratulations, Troy Kotzer, on winning this. <laughs> Speaking of, here's a here's a preview oh for Lightyear. I... I like jumped out of my window. <laughs> I had to, I yeeted my body into the street. I couldn't deal with it. It was so horrifying. I really could not handle that. And there's just like weird production choices like that that I'm sure are um, required by abc but truly to me felt like the end of civilization it just felt so awful 
um, you know, I, I always like to go negative. So um, cringiest moment, of, that's my cringiest moment of the night. I mean, there's a lot of them, but that one I think will haunt me forever because I love Chris Evans. Um, DJ, worst, like the most you, you cringe during the show, what was it? Okay, so I, I have to be really clear with my communication here because I do not want to be misconstrued. So okay. um, I so there was the Reba performance, and then you know there was what what I would regard as as the nice um, moment of silence that they had with the messaging and you know how you could support Ukraine and you yeah. know that to do whatever you can. Um, great. Following up that up with a Crypto.com ad made me irate Ooh. beyond belief. And exactly. I know it's not part of the show, but it is though, right? Like it is and it isn't. And I I just like, I yeah, I'll give all I can, but crypto.com, get out of my face. Like yeah. I, I can't have you ed- anywhere. You're destroying me and the environment. So stop. It's dark energy. It's just dark energy and not, and not good and not good. The vibes are so off. The vibes were so uh. off, but that felt like some really dark stuff whenever those commercials came up about like, help Ukraine by donating cryptocurrency. It's like, Ooh, I don't know about that girl. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt, what about you? Mine's sort of a, a broad cringe moment from throughout <laughs> the show, but like every time the hosts made jokes, either making fun of the movies or more specifically, like making fun of the idea of liking the Oscars. I was like, why are we here then? <laughs> like, it's like, there's always a, <laughs> There's always a bit of that with every host. Like you have to have like somewhat of like a a level of, you know, irony to sort of poke at. Like we're not being too self-serious here. But like this show just it felt so like afraid to just be the Oscars. Where it like like, you know, there was the occasional joke that worked, like, you know, I appreciated the joke about don't look up getting um bad reviews or things like that, or uh but then the joke about the power of the dog and the host not being able to make it through it, make through it. It's like, okay, are like our Twitter trolls like hosting the show? Like I was just, I'm just like, <laughs> it feels like we're taking the, like whoever wrote that material was just looking at like all the negative tweets and taking inspiration from them basically. And I was just, I was just very turned off by that tone. And then when the actual, when the night actually got chaotic, I was just like, this whole show is such a mess and I hope we overcorrect next year and have like the most Oscar-y Oscars imaginable, to be honest. Yeah, I want it boring, dry, sad, four hours long. That's all I seven, want. Seven hours. Let's go all out. <laughs> I want an hour on just cinematography. Like, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, exactly. Just make um, it two days. Why not? WrestleMania does it. Make it two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. for it's it. Like WrestleMania, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tommy, how about you? Worst moment of the night? Ugh, Army of the Dead winning. The- yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. you know what? I would have understood yeah. the Justice League one, I guess, because at least that was better than the original Justice League from a few moments ago, or a few years ago. But God, yeah. Army of the Dead is the one you guys picked. I agree. I hated that damn movie. And you know what? I I I was talking. We talked about this on the fan favorite um episode that we did. But I'm sure it's because they those fans couldn't uh nominate. Snyder's Justice League but because it's not technically like a new film or something like it's like an updated version there must have been some eligibility situation because it's weird that it was like that that movie instead because yeah. that's obviously who's voting for it so yeah I bet you it was an eligibility issue which you know again uh, just a, an expression of the darkness of the internet that whole category I hope they keep it forever <laughs> honestly I love what nightmare fuel it is um all right I, I we're kind of wrapping up here um uh, Matt any last thoughts 
Um, no major last thoughts. I thought, you know, no real surprises in terms of the winners. The surprises were all backstage stuff. But, um, mm. but you know, a good, I think, honestly, removing the context of how crazy this award ceremony was, all the winners were pretty good. Like, there wasn't really an embarrassing winner. So, um, a, like, you know, honestly, good for everyone involved. Let's get some good producers next season who will, you know, truly decide to just have a good old-fashioned award show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DJ, um, any last thoughts? So, this is, like, my last thought that – so if the night went out as like planned, right. Where I had like my Oscar ballot all went right. Which it most, which, it, which basically did. And you know, there was no crazy slapping or anything like that. My take was going to be this. I just get frustrated. This is like my nerd Academy take. I'll probably be like, never invited back to another <laughs> pot again, but it's just like Dune gets to win all these technical awards about like what a great movie it is. And it was a great movie and I loved it. And it's like, we just, we can't give it best picture. Even if it gets all these technical awards, it is a technically good movie. We can't give it best picture. And I get it. It's a nerd movie. And it's about a book. And it's about Spice. And we can't do it. I understand. But, like, it would just be cool if we could acknowledge that, look, the nerd movies can be fun. Um, and that's that's what I would like to happen. And maybe one day we'll get there. But for now, yeah. congrats, Dakota. I am glad it won. And, um, man, pour one out for Robin Robin. That, that is a tough loss. <laughs> that was like a slam dunk and it didn't win. We shat on that movie pretty hard, so it's our fault. No, um, no. I honestly, say, I... uh, go ahead, Matt. DJ, you're going to be invited. We're we're the Dune Army here, Marissa and I. Good, we, oh, we, good, uh, good, good, good. Listen, we talk. We are Rebecca Ferguson's biggest fan. We call ourselves the Rose the Hat stands because we love her in Doctor Sleep, which no one likes except for the two of us. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm a fan of Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Rose the Hat Army. <laughs> Rose the Hat Hive, you die! Um, <laughs> so ridiculous. But no, I mean, I think you actually do make a valid point. We've talked about this many years before of like these popular films that are so well-made, like Mad Max Fury Road winning all these technicals, boom, 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 boom. And just like, for some reason, not getting that final award. And it, it's, it's like, you almost have to wonder why is it a prestige thing? Do they just think a more serious film needs to win? I mean, hopefully the Dune thing is sort of like a Lord of the Rings thing where they're just waiting yeah. for the final one or something to vote for it. You know what I mean? Like Return of the King. Um, but yeah, it's hard to say because obviously it won like every technical award. I think it won six um, awards. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, I haven't – your last thoughts, right? I don't think I've yeah. asked you yet. Uh, I'm just so happy. I For like four or five years running, I've gone with my heart. Like, I want these people <laughs> going to vote for them. And this time I'm like, I'm going with my brain because I'm getting on yeah. this damn podcast. And, yeah. and I did it. So I'm super happy with myself for doing that. Um, but I think all the right ones won um, for yeah. the most part. Dune winning would have been super cool. I Even my wife, who had no interest in it, was like, I kind of want to watch Dune now. It's really good. Oh. Really good movie. Um, but I am super happy that Coda won. I was happy with all the winners. I was happy with, I'd say, 95% of the nominees. I could Nightmare Alley is the one I could take or leave. So Thank you. Agreed. Um, yeah, it was like a fun <laughs> but it wasn't great. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I thought it was a very interesting Oscars this year. I don't think I've had this much fun watching it since either Daniel Kaluuya made that speech last year mm. or uh, La La Land kind of got screwed at the end. And not because I dislike La La Land, but no one saw that coming. So, yeah. Yeah, th this was a very interesting and fun Oscars for the right and wrong reasons. Yeah, I mean, congrats on finally winning it. It's like every time we've done the um, 
the uh, March Madness stuff with the, for the whole site, I always get second place tied with someone else. And it's just like, damn it, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> so I understand your frustration. Um, for me, the last thought is that I, I guess I'm sorry that to Kristen Stewart that I pulled away my fandom cosmically from her long enough to focus on like Emily Blunt and Lucy Hale uh, to just so that she didn't win the award. I feel responsible for her not winning Best Actress, even though I have no actual stake in this game. I've been rooting for Kristen for so long and I just I don't know. I, don't, I can't believe it didn't happen tonight. I love Jessica Chastain, but oh, well, <laughs> Kristen, Kristen was best dressed, though. She looked incredible. Kristen like, and Tim, Timmy Chalamet came to that award show like they knew what was up. They they were the only ones Timmy's. who missed the assignment. Man, yeah, they didn't wear shirts. Crazy. <laughs> In Memoriam was beautiful. I loved the uh, little Betty White moment from Jamie Lee Curtis. I just want to oh, that. It was great. Yeah, it was, I, I loved it. I, we were talking about the In Memoriam was so wonderful to have this like upbeat choir and like a celebration rather than the sort of downbeat thing that it is yeah. where it feels like people just go to the bathroom or something. Right. Um, yeah, for uh, Ivan Reitman too. So that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was great. with the Betty White thing, I didn't wonder why, like the one time I really wanted to hear the choir just belt the shit out of something, they didn't <laughs> sing the words to thank you for being a friend, which is like, did mm-hmm. they not get the rights to the, the, the lyrics or something? What happened there? It was very strange. Um, but yeah, uh, a, a fun show, I guess, a little traumatic, I think, for all of us, but um, what a moment, honestly. Um, you can find me on the site at thepopbreak.com occasionally writing reviews and Matt and I will at some point in the next six months, start posting our past Oscar pod- podcast episodes um, for, and the winner still is um, Matt, where can, Oh, and you can find me on all social media at Marissa Carpico, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Matt, I'm Matthew one uh, tweeting mostly about whatever TV show I'm obsessed with at the moment, like mostly succession, but we'll see um, what, what we have to tweet about in the next year when Succession's not on. But um, and you can find me on Letterboxd at Matt T. Uh, I'll be, for long-time listeners, know that I do my own <laughs> award bracket rankings, and I'll be posting those this week at some point whenever I finish typing them out. So you can look forward to that. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Tommy, where can people find you? And, and if there's anything coming up on the site you want to plug, let, let us know. Uh, sure. So I'm Instagram at Pop Culture Tommy. I should probably get a Twitter, but uh, I haven't. So you don't, it, it, don't yeah, you for your mental health. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. It's a Twitter thing. I don't get one. Um, and also on Letterboxd at Pop Culture Tommy, where I uh, oh. write the smallest of reviews ever for the movies that I watch. I think I'm at like pretty close to 200 for the year. So that's uh, shows how my life goes. Uh, so yeah, that's about it. Instagram and Letterboxd at Pop Culture Tommy. All right. DJ, how about you? Uh, so, yeah, people could find my garbage tweets on Twitter at <laughs> Zippy by day. Um, it, there's nothing there good. What I would like to point listeners to, um, I mentioned at the top, but I'll mention at the bottom. Um, uh, the uh, excuse me, the podcast that I hosted, the Pop Break uh, TV feed called Roses and Rejections with my wife, Michelle Chapman. Uh, we cover all things Bachelor Nation, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, and other reality TV shows. Um, we're going through Love is Blind season two right now, which we love. Um, there's a new one on Netflix called The Ultimatum, which uh, looks super weird. Google that one. That one looks insane. Um, so yeah, since we're like the Bachelor offseason right now, we're covering other kinds of reality dating shows. Um, and you could follow that Twitter account, which doesn't have garbage tweets, at Roses Rejections on Twitter. My wife runs it, so it's way better. (laughs) (laughs) We love love a plug. Uh, All right. Thank you for listening, everyone.